Hello and welcome to episode 65 of the British Wrestling Experience on postwrestling.com and I'm your host Martin Bushby and now Benno or James are with me this week. Instead, from the Wrestling Resurgence Project, I'm joined by Sam West and Dr. Claire Ward and uh, guys, thanks for joining me this week. Yeah, no problem Martin, good to speak to you. Yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's our pleasure. Yeah, good. Uh, thanks for taking the time out to uh, speak to us. But um, I mean, before we get into the wrestling portion of your lives, um, I think it's important to say uh, sort of like your backgrounds and the jobs that you guys do in terms of like the university work um, to create some sort of background before you got into wrestling. Um, I mean, we'll go with you first, Claire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I am currently a senior lecturer in English and drama at Loughborough University, uh, where I teach uh, theatre and uh, and literature and things like that uh, to to undergraduate students. Um, so my research uh, areas have been kind of early twentieth century history, uh, particularly the theatre uh, and kind of contemporary performance and physical cultures so uh so i i study wrestling as one of my uh research areas so um i i suppose i'm a i'm a wrestling scholar if that doesn't sound too grand and um and it's part of what i what i generally do kind of thinking about the the arts um across kind of the 20th and 21st century uh so yeah that's me and some of you coming from a similar background to claire here um, yeah, similar in a sense. Um, so I'm currently at Loughborough University as well, uh, where I'm a doctoral researcher studying um, storytelling in contemporary independent wrestling. Uh, that's the title of my thesis. And Claire is uh, my supervisor on that project. Um, and then my background prior to that um, was, uh, so I worked in contemporary art uh, for around 10 years um, as a curator, um, most recently specialising in uh, performance art, um, performance art in film and photography as well. Um, a lot of stuff kind of relating to body, uh, politics of the body and things like that. Um, and then, yeah, so that that was in a kind of gallery, a gallery context uh, for an art centre in Leicester, which is one of the venues where resurgence run. Um, so that's everything before that, but currently um, at Loughborough University with that. Yeah, because I don't think anyone would describe either of you as your sort of like, quote-unquote, typical sort of like wrestling promoter. So, some, I mean, for some of our listeners that may be unfamiliar with wrestling resurgence, Sam, can you give us a view of how the project came to be and how it started? Mm. Uh, yeah, so it started, I mean, it started in, in the sort of context that we've just described, really. So I met Claire in 2017 um, while working for an art centre. Um, I think a, a mutual... A, a colleague of mine and well a colleague of ours uh, John Kirby who's who's also part of a resurgence project he came across Claire's uh, great book um, performance and professional wrestling um, thanks for like, Sam that was awesome yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah always uh, it's available on Amazon I'm sure uh, and, um, and all good bookshops all good bookshops <laughs> which is a collection of essays um, looking at wrestling from various different kind of angles um, and we realised, I think John was given it by, by a friend, and we realised that Claire was actually based at De Montford University, and the art centre that we were working at was um, part of University of Leicester. Um, and John and I had, had a fairly free reign in terms of our curatorial work there. Um, so we just dropped, I think I dropped Claire an email and said, do you fancy coming to the art centre and having coffee and talking about wrestling? Um, and that, um, we, we had that conversation. There was lots of kind of... Um, overlap in terms of interests and things like that and Claire 
we, we sort of um, dispersed and said that we'd um, have a think about ways that we could do something together. Um, and Claire went away and came back with a thing called Being Human Festival. Um, I don't know if you want to explain Being Human Festival, Claire. Yeah, sure thing. So uh, Being Human is um, a humanities festival. It's apparently the only humanities festival in the world. And the idea is that academics like myself who are interested and work in the humanities, the arts and humanities, um, it's it's a chance for us to kind of share our research really uh, in the hope that people outside the academy will find it interesting. Uh, So Being Human at that stage and still have kind of a small grant scheme where they have a little bit of money that they put towards projects that they really like in order to kind of uh, encourage us to put on an event or something like that so we applied for one saying that we'd really like to run a wrestling show where we could kind of see some of the things that I'd written about in the book and and um, and I've been studying how that might kind of work actually on in a wrestling ring and um, and we were very surprised um, that being human which is a, a, a humanities festival uh, gave us money to be able to run a wrestling show um and so yeah they gave us uh, gave us a small grant for that and we ran our first show in november of that year i think sam is that right I think it's november, yeah. It? yeah first so yeah the first show was november 2017 and it kind of responded to a, a broader brief that being human had for that year which was about um his uh, sort of uh, like origins, histories. Isn't it? yeah, 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 origins and histories, and um, I think it was was it something like rediscovering something that was lost or something. Yeah, lost and I think you're right. Yeah. Um, so we so we took that as um, connecting British wrestling's kind of rich past the 1970s and 80s with um, this kind of con- contemporary renaissance that was going on at the time um, in terms of independent wrestling. Um, that was our kind of pitch, I guess, to being Human Festival. In practical terms, what we did was we, we staged three wrestling matches and then we had a post-show Q&A where Claire interviewed a couple of the wrestlers that, that were part of that. Um, and kind of just through that process, I mean, A, it was like really rewarding and um, successful. We actually had to bring quite a lot of stuff together to make that event happen. So things like hiring the ring, getting to know the people involved in that, getting to know the actual wrestlers themselves, contacting wrestlers, having a kind of marketing presence for the event to get people to come. So we've kind of finished that one-off project and we're left with both a kind of um, appetite to do more because it was really fun and exciting and um, enjoyable, but also like a, a kind of um, thing that we'd made that felt like it should should be kind of continued. Um, and then uh, – quite good at getting funding went away and got some more money um so we so we were able to do another show in may of 2018 which was um similar a very very similar format uh, but we added an extra match and we had a bit more of a uh kind of a kind of hook to it i guess we were trying to explore characterization and be a little bit more overtly and theatrical so we were looking at wrestlers that had quite defined characters um and things like that so that kind of um inspired the booking and things for the show um, and again just really fun really successful felt a bit more professional um, and yeah and then from that point uh, John who I've already mentioned um, and came together with myself and uh, another another colleague of ours Pete and we decided to make a go of it commercially um, so all those those previous two shows were publicly funded and three events that weren't ticketed um, we decided to put our own money behind resurgence and the three of us and set it up as a, as a commercial enterprise. Um, and that's, 
yeah, that led us to September 2018. Um, I got a, I applied to Arts Council, which is um, for Arts Council funding personally to, to fund the, the first kind of canon show, I guess, for the Wrestling Resurgence, which was Spandex Ballet in um, September of that year. Uh, and to, to do some other stuff around that um, through the Arts Council funding. But that that's the kind of start point of what um, Resurgence is now as a sort of storytelling, all for all intents and purposes, for all intents and purposes, uh, a wrestling promotion. Um, yeah. And of course, Claire was, um, Claire, Claire was on board with that whole process as well. Um, and took on, I think at Spandex Ballet was your commentary debut as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it probably was my commentary debut. So, uh, yeah, so, so that, that kind of still continues, which is great. <laughs> I still enjoy doing that. So I suppose you've mentioned, obviously gone through, that you've got sort of like no background sort of coming up in British wrestling and, and the like. So, I suppose, were you approaching the sort of early shows more like a, a theatrical production or some kind of workshop than a, than a straight-up wrestling show? Yeah, I think we were sort of, well, I, I, I can't speak for some, but I think from my perspective, I, I viewed it very much as, as a theatre show. Um, so it, I viewed it, I, I kind of approached it like that. Um, and I had in my had in my head that it was kind of an opportunity really for me to to see how this thing that I was studying as you know my my, my interest in wrestling as a as a scholar is its performance practices is the way that um, the characters made the way that bodies interact with each other uh, its connections with dance and contact improvisation so so for me it was very much like uh, I approached it very much like a kind of a, a theater show that I would study and um, and it was and it was just a kind of an opportunity really to to really see how some of those processes came together so how for example uh, two wrestlers might kind of quote unquote rehearse like is it similar to a theater or is it different from theater like how do they how do they plan the ending is it is it the same kind of way as somebody involved in contemporary performance or is it different from that does it how does improvisation work so it was a lot of questions i had a lot of questions that i felt could only really be answered uh by by watching the process so for, for me to start off with that's exactly what it was i think for that being you know when we approached being the being human the first show i don't think i'd have had any idea that it would eventually become kind of what resurgence is now at all it was just sort of a, a space to try some things out really and to 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 really understand what this thing called wrestling was um yeah so, so for me it was very much kind of research project i suppose or like a, a kind of a theatrical show as well so moving past that and sort of like the more sort of like presenting it like a, a workshop, Sam, um, what would you say sort of like the ethos behind the uh, promotion was as it came into a, a more sort of like substantial mm. wrestling promotion? Yeah, so like um, myself, uh, myself and John in particular have uh, lifelong fandoms of wrestling as well. So I would I would probably add that in because I think that's quite important. Mm. So we we had our our professional backgrounds, John specializing in theater and myself in contemporary art. So we had that event knowledge. Um, we were very, you know, between us, a lot of experience of running different types of events and public events and things like that. And we, the art center that we were both working at, Attenborough Art Center, has a, has a wonderful kind of inclusive um, ethos to it. Um, I've done a lot of work in disability arts. Um, we've, the center has a real focus on inclusivity and diversity. And also it's in Leicester, so that's kind of like ingrained in the DNA of that organisation. So I think that 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 ethos had has a kind of continuing effect on how John and I just approach 
the arts in general anyway. So when it came to Resurgence growing as a company and becoming a kind of regular thing, because we were still in those, putting the shows on in those type of spaces, and we were still very much being fans and enjoying the process of, of creating a wrestling company, but also using our kind of professional knowledge to shape and mold it. And um, so things like, yeah, the, the way that I think resurgence has positioned women wrestlers or women wrestling, um, the focus on, you know, being able to do things like everything patterned, um, and, and always just having this kind of, um, I, I won't, I won't speak for John on this one, but from my, from my own perspective, I've kind of always tried to treat it wrestling as, as I would treat any other art form professionally. Um, so a lot of what we do is not, we don't try and change wrestling to, to fit into an art space or an art gallery. Um, but, you know, wrestling is an art form. So what we try and do is more sort of think about how we can showcase it, think about who we work with and what that says about resurgence as a company um, and things like that. Like, um, yeah, just treating it with, with a kind of respect um, as, as we would any other kind of form of artwork. Um, yeah, so those, those were all the kind of, I guess remain the sort of guiding principles of resurgence, and also um, I think what's really important is collaboration, uh, because this this whole thing, the collaboration between myself, Claire, and John that that created that very first Being Human event, that ethos of collaboration has run throughout everything that resurgence has done. Has done. So it might be that you know, as it stands, me and John and Pete are the company in terms of a business perspective, but we work. We have a, a much wider team of people that are you know engaged at different levels, and also we we try to invite the wrestlers that we work with on a regular basis to be involved in that collaborative process um so they, and i think that's that's kind of worked for us really well um mm. I, don't, I don't think we've ever kind of um we've, we've, we've sort of thought um learned through trial and error as well i think there's been a lot of like just testing things out um gradual sort of improvement and things like that mm. um, but yeah don't, i think collaboration and inclusivity are two really important things for understanding resurgence in our approach yeah and I think that sense of like inclusivity about the spaces as well I think one of the things that um I was kind of keen on I suppose like trying out really was the way that wrestling might make a difference to art spaces so my uh my feeling about art spaces was they were quite um exclusive spaces so that people maybe didn't feel like they could always go into kind of an art gallery or something like that um maybe they didn't even want to but they felt kind of pushed away by something even if they were the most welcoming art gallery in the world they still felt kind of excluded from that kind of narrative and um and I think one of the things that I I was really keen on kind of thinking about is if like you if you um if you just acknowledge that wrestling is this art form as Sam said it's not about changing wrestling it's just about acknowledging what's already there if you acknowledge that then actually you begin to change those spaces a bit as well so you begin to um open up those spaces for people who perhaps wouldn't necessarily feel welcome there before and I think that's a really exciting thing if you broaden out your understanding of what art is then you broaden out your audience for art and and then it becomes a much more exciting and dynamic space than just the same people coming to the same shows time and time again yeah some I mean you mentioned that um about sort of like inclusivity and things like that it sort of sounds um a, a bit similar to a uh, riptide out of Brighton is that a promotion that you've um, had any links with uh yeah very much so um more not sort of directly um but yeah like we we so we, they started a little bit ahead of us and also they ran a lot of shows in a very short space of time um but certainly i had conversations with josh going back um josh sorry the the promoter of riptide 
going back to just before our first commercial show, Spandex Ballet, and we, we had a lot of like, had a couple of, of, of quite lengthy phone calls around that time, just, just talking about our shared experiences and things like that. Um, so yeah, like we kind of came out, we, we sort of both, Resurgence and Riptide sort of emerged around the same time with a sort of similar ethos. And there were other companies as well, I think Good Wrestling are very good, um, very good, um, have, a, have a similar kind of approach um, in, a, in a more sort of DIY kind of punky underground kind of way. But they definitely have have a similar kind of sensibility, I think. And there's definitely a growing number of companies that have that um, in the UK. And that's really exciting. You know, I would never say that Resurgence is, is some kind of um, single entity that doesn't, you know, that there aren't other really good things and positive things. And um, we're certainly inspired, inspired and challenged by Riptide and their approach and things like that. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously you've talked about um, moving the shows from the grants that you got and then moving it to a sort of more commercial entity. And anybody who's put a wrestling show on um, knows that it's uh, now no easy feat trying to trying to put these on so what were some of the sort of like challenges you had sort of like uh doing shows i mean we did you set out saying right we're going to do three shows this year six shows this year do you have such a long-term plan like that uh yeah yeah we at, at that point we've been again very lucky because of the way that resurgence emerged gradually um, and i think that's quite an important aspect actually of resurgence is that there was quite a long time between these very early publicly funded shows and that point where we went um, and became a fully commercial company. And also like the, I mean, we were amazingly lucky to get the grant funding that we did right at the start. Um, and although that really only paid for one show, it, it set us off on a really good and kind of firm, um, firm sort of foundation, I guess. And the, the challenges and, and, and I think that's the challenges are reflected in the way that resurgence has become more like a, a wrestling company. So I think a lot of people won't know the kind of backstory that we've, we've shared and will just see us as, as a wrestling company. And part of that is that is that commercial drive to, to sell tickets, because if we don't sell tickets, then the shows don't happen we, and we'll lose money. And um, yeah, there won't be a resurgence. So we certainly, especially in the first six months, um, you know, there was, there's, there's a huge risk when you, hire a space like Nottingham Contemporary, um, which is our kind of biggest space that we use. There's a lot of kind of risk to that when you commit to, you know, a certain number of wrestlers and you commit to um, all the kind of filming of photography and all the kind of extra expenses that go into making a show. There's a, you know, a risk there that you, you've got to challenge yourself to sell those tickets. Um, and in many ways that's forged our approach. My own my own doctoral research about is, is, is about storytelling, and I think the storytelling of resurgence um, is something that a lot of fans engage with quite or speak of quite a lot, and and that is partly a commercial thing. That's that's to try and get people to you know engage with the product and come back and um, and support us and keep us going and things like that. Um, certainly, I think I remember March 2019. I think it was on our third show. That was a real slog. <laughs> I remember having a lot of like. <laughs> Very me, me, John and P in particular. Like Claire, uh, probably gets shielded a little bit. Yeah, I do. I, I feel very fortunate. <laughs> I get shield. I, these these guys just shield me from all the stuff, and I just turn up on the night. It's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, that one was one where we, were, we we dug ourselves out of the hole, and um, it all came came together in the end. But there is a lot of like sleepless nights and stuff, and that happens. But luckily, since then, we've been incredibly lucky lucky to be supported by a great loyal group of fans, and you know we. Our last show just before COVID was one of our fastest selling. It's the biggest show that we've ever done. 
uh, took the most money out of any show that we've ever done. Um, so the two, the, the, the commercial always um, is an important part of what, of what we're doing because it makes everything possible. And it's also really interesting in, a, in an arts perspective as well because, um, you know, obviously a, a lot of comparable art forms rely on quite a lot of public subsidy, mm. whereas I think wrestling does a great job of actually making making itself exist, you know, commercially um, on, on very small budgets with, um, so I think I was rambling a bit then. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what would you say, uh, this is for both of you, what would you say uh, some of the highlights are of the, uh, of the resurgence shows that have happened so far? Um, I think so. For me, it goes back to something that Sam said, which was around um, a kind of promoting a, a very diverse type of wrestling. Um, and I think for me, the, the, there are a couple of things that stand out from from uh, the past few years. I think firstly that, that that we kind of get an audience and I'm always kind of amazed by the crowds and by like how kind they, like how nice they are, how nice people are and um, and how committed they are to kind of, kind of coming on this journey, I guess, which is quite exciting. Um, so I think two of the kind of standouts around this sort of uh, idea of kind of developing, I suppose, kind of more more diverse wrestling or, or promoting or, or kind of um, enabling more diverse wrestling. I think um, certainly the, the Everything Pattern show, which Sam mentioned, where I just got to sit in the crowd and watch just the most amazing show, which was just um, a, a full kind of people of colour card. I think it's the first time it's happened and it was just incredible. It was so meaningful and, and wonderful in celebration of Black History Month and that was incredible. And I think the other one that... Um, that's, that's really stood with me, which is Sam will know what I say because I always say the same thing because I'm boring like that. But like, um, is is um, the Kanji versus Charlie Evans um, uh, feud, a rivalry that we've been kind of playing around with for yeah for kind of year and a half, I guess. Um, and just because it culminated in this incredible Iron Woman match, and it was it still ranks. And you know, I've been watching wrestling for a number of years now, but for me, that still ranks as being one of the best wrestling experiences. Like, regardless of gender or regardless of live or, you know, the the bigger companies or whatever, it was just an amazing wrestling experience. And I think um, it was because there were just two incredible wrestlers doing this incredible show, and um, and I and I remember feeling very. Um, yeah kind of quite emotional about that particular um program and about that particular match because um for me at that point and and i've we had we shared this with kanji and charlie before but like um kind of gender disappeared if that makes sense like in a good way like that it was about these two amazing wrestlers uh just putting on an incredible show and at the end of the match the end of this kind of half an hour match these two amazing women thought that the whole crowd kind of stood up as one and and kind of just just gave them a massive stunning ovation like spontaneously and so for me that's definitely a kind of a, a standout from the past few years and kind of yeah it was one of those moments where I was like man wrestling is super good and um it'll it'll kind of it'll linger with me I think for forever so th- those would be my highlights certainly yeah I'd, I'd probably um pick those ones as well and for so I think everything patterned is and remains one of the one of the most uh, yeah one of the one of the, one of the things I'm probably most proud of from Resurgence because I think it's the, it was the first time that Resurgence uh, act, acted in the way that we kind of imagine or we hope Resurgence will be in the future. So it was it was a project like like an art project. It was yes, there was a show in the middle of it, 
but it had these kind of wider elements to it. Um, Roy was not just like on the show and the booker, you know, whatever you want to call it. He was, um, you know, a producer and a collaborator with us. And it was a, a, a journey that, um, you know, involved Arts Council funding and it involved a, a publication that was made. And we commissioned that uh, great series of films with various different wrestlers that were involved in it. So I think it was the, fir- it was the first time we were able to, to create something that we'd always known that wrestling could be. It wasn't just a show. It was a, you know, it could be an art project. And I think um, everything pattern was really, you know, really worked on that level. Mm-hmm. And then um, the other highlight for me would be probably the last show, the most recent show and um, Charlie Evans winning the, the resurgence championship. Um, because in the same way, like um, on an individual level, the way that Charlie talks about her wrestling um, is, is very much in terms of like her as an artist. You know, in the same way that I think everything project, everything pattern was like an art project. Um, Charlie's the way that Charlie presents herself and this the seriousness that she puts into her her wrestling and the way she talks about it is this kind of notion of the wrestler as a artistic practitioner, and that's something I'm I'm just really interested in in lots of different ways. And um, so that kind of journey through the Iron Woman feud and the matches with Charlie with Kanji to winning the championship was a I think a really nice arc. And, you know, a great embodiment of what we stand for. Yeah, because, I mean, there is no doubt, obviously, um, you know, you have worked quite hard to make sure you've got a diverse roster and especially the events you've been putting on. Do you find that um, this diversity is um, matching in the audiences that you were drawing for these shows as well? I would I would say so. Um I was actually having a chat today with somebody about this and they'd come to a show and said that they, they were surprised that they felt like it was about 50-50 uh, in, terms of, in terms of gender mix, which I think is kind of, yeah, like I, I, I was, it might be, that might be a little bit, a little bit kind of advanced, but I think it's not far off that. And, um, and I think, yeah, like for me, the kind of, one of the joys of it is looking around the audience and seeing such a mixture of different types of people, whatever that might mean, whether that's kind of in terms of, gender or in terms of ethnicity or in terms of all sorts of different things in terms of disability like actually it's really exciting to look around and see people from all different education backgrounds and all different like they they would identify with maybe different class backgrounds or like their their jobs or roles might be different and um you know we have a lot of we have a lot of theatre people who come to our shows because we know a lot of theatre people that we invite to shows. So, uh, so, so you know that's kind of unusual. And so I think um, I, I think for me that the 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 audience mix is is kind of fascinating and is is testimony I think to the appeal of of a, a type of wrestling to um, to such a wide variety of people. I think that's really, it's one of the things that really excites me about being part of Resurgence is to look around the crowd and being like, oh yeah, you know, I know their background a little bit. I know that I know some of their struggles with something or, or I, or I know how, you know, what, what their love of wrestling is or that they're only interested in theatre, but they're coming here anyways. And they're going to be kind of blown away by this new art form they've discovered. So, um, I think that's, yeah, for me, it's, it's quite exciting to see such a, such a, diversity in the crowd it's something i think that that everybody could work on um in you know in a variety of different ways of course but but i think it, um i think it is something that excites me about being part of resurgence certainly mm, yeah I'd, I'd echo what what claire says really um but i'd also be um i wouldn't want to want it to, to make it sound like resurgence this was just resurgence because i think actually mm. um especially with like a family-friendly audience like ours 
um, a lot of wrestling companies have a, re- a really diverse kind of following. And I think wrestling is, is is a lot more diverse than maybe people give it credit for in terms of audiences and things like that. Especially when you look at that. Um, I think I, having worked in the arts for years, I, I, I have a real dislike of this sort of audience demographic language that gets built up around audiences. And I think what Claire said in terms of like diversity of a more micro like diversity, I think that's um, definitely something of, of wrestling, like people with lots of different backgrounds and interests that have a sort of common interest mm-hmm. in wrestling. Um, I think that's something really interesting about it. Yeah. So, um, I mean, jumping right up to uh, 2020 coming around uh, before COVID-19 took over everything, uh, what sort of plans did you have laid out for this year? Um, from, yeah, from, so from a resurgence perspective, we had um, our full year of dates mapped out um, right up until December. Um, we had shows in scheduled for April, June, and there would have been one coming up in August, which although it hasn't been formally cancelled, it's uh, we're just kind of waiting on the venue for that for that confirmation. Um, October and then yeah, December. So we've lost most of the year really because um, we did a show in January and we did a show in March and that was it. Um, I wouldn't say it's um, – I don't think there's any plans beyond shows that have kind of been scuppered by COVID necessarily. Um, we'll look – yeah, I, I can talk a little bit more about that later. Um, yeah. Yeah, because obviously um, come to the past month or so in the speaking out movement, and we discussed some of the allegations and obviously the brave men and women that have come out, come forward um, on this show uh, for the past two episodes. Um I mean, I just wanted to get, uh, Claire, your initial thoughts on, obviously, the many, many harrowing stories that came out. I mean, it just seemed like that the first weekend, and obviously, stories had come out in British wrestling before, and there'd been uh, rumours and other allegations going around, but for the level of uh, things that we were reading, especially over that first weekend, when everything really started coming out. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, it was a really brutal weekend, and I say that as somebody, you know, who, who wasn't involved directly so for the people who are actually speaking or indeed not speaking because they didn't feel they were able to which is also a legitimate choice in this way um i think it must have just been absolutely horrendous um i think well from from my own perspective which is the only one i can speak of i think um i was i was really shocked by a lot of it um i when i first got into wrestling scholarship and becoming a fan of wrestling i was aware of a kind of misogynistic history that there was in wrestling. I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't kind of brush it under the carpet. Uh, I kind of knew that, that was there. I knew that wrestling had a, a difficult history uh, with, with, with women and with uh, all, all manner of, of people, um, to be honest with you. Um, uh, but I, I have to say, I kind of ima- imagined or hoped perhaps, perhaps naively that um, that was in the past as opposed to the present. And so from my own perspective, I was, I spent a weekend feeling incredibly shocked um, and and then spent a few days, uh, as Sam and I had quite a lot of chats during that period, actually, like um, spent a few days just thinking, I have, I, how have I been implicated in this form that I, I love? Like, you know, I'm a fan and I and I've so enjoyed getting to meet people in wrestling and being part of that community and so enjoyed kind of making these enormous claims to my theatre colleagues about like, you know, oh, you need to go and watch wrestling because that's that's where that's where performance is at, you know, uh, and and felt kind of um, 
quite shaken by it actually and kind of wondered whether I could continue to study wrestling um had some good chats with people who gave me some good advice which was really helpful of them and kind of them um and and yeah so so I think it's since then really for, for, for me it's been kind of a recovery back into back into remembering why wrestling is good uh while at the same time uh kind of re- remaining shocked by by a lot of the things that that have come out and um you know just yeah just just hearing so many kind of brave voices was just um yeah i mean it's, it, it it was both like in- encouraging in a weird way that actually there was a space for these voices that they were being heard that was it, in that kind of encouraging and and good that these that this was all coming out and at the same time just feeling devastated that it was coming that it was having to come out at all so it was really mixed emotions some of the awesome um, um initial feelings i mean um, in terms of i mean prior to the sort of speaking out movement uh, what sort of like uh, things did you have in place in terms of, of safeguarding and things for uh, talent and, and fans at the shows um, yeah, so we had, um, I think we obviously, we, we had a lot of stuff to do with health and wellbeing and more on a sort of like, you know, practical, um, things like the medic medics and, um, signposting things like concussions and the sort of like, I guess the, the more pra- practical apparatus of how you run a, run a wrestling show safely. Like we felt like we were, we were really kind of quite firm on on stuff like that um in respect to safeguarding um really the partnerships with our venues so um as i've as i've mentioned already in the leicester shows um john is an employee of attenborough Art center and when when we put on shows at venues like attenborough Art center and nottingham contemporary we do so with uh the in, in collaboration with their events teams and uh particularly at attenborough like safeguarding is a huge part of um, the, the things that they have to have to operate as a centre. But that's not, um, it wasn't infrastructure that was um, signposted directly to, say, fans or wrestlers, because, you know, like any other event that would take, take place at those sort of spaces, um, I don't think there's enough um, awareness of, of having to have that, that, those things in place. Well, there's not, there's not a, you know, um, uh, a law, like a, a rule that those things should be in place um, in terms of adults. So I think, like Claire, like in a sense, like Claire said, the sort of um, shock, and and then as the sort of stuff you know started to unfold, it was obvious that you know, one um, not just us had been a bit you know naive in terms of um, how we how we felt um, the, the the climate or the culture of a show should should be, and um, is it yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one because we obviously we. We prided ourselves on being a place where wrestlers loved to work. That was always like our kind of um, benchmark in terms of what, what, for us, if a show was successful, it was because all of those men and women on the show had a good time. Like that was literally the first thing that we ask people um, that work with us is, um, I hope it was okay for you. Like, let us know if you have any feedback and anything we could do better. Um, so we had like, and, and this was, you know, the devastating part of this and, um, it goes beyond resurgence, certainly, is that all these kind of, um, yeah, I think that a lot of people felt very safe um, and and that's been sort of taken advantage of. Um, yeah. 
I don't know if that in part answers your questions. Um, no, no, I think, yeah, it does. I think it, it I think, but it took a lot of people by surprise, didn't it? I think um, mm. is what you're trying to get get at. But um, mm. you know, yeah. obviously, you were focusing on the, you know the, the aspects of people getting injured in the ring and things like that. And like you said about the arts center, and and you didn't think that those things needed to be in place. Because I mean, obviously, trust in British wrestling now is is understandable at an all time low, you know. Mm. And I think a lot of promoters, but in terms of like. I mean, we can discuss in a minute about what British wrestling does as a whole, but I, I suppose in terms of just resurgence, you mentioned earlier about, you know, maybe dates maybe later in the year. What are things that um, you could put into place to keep performers and fans safe in the future? Yeah, I mean, obviously on the back of the, on the back of this, we were the first thing to start um, interrogating all those um, measures that we'd have put in, the, in place in the past. So we have consulted um, in quite a lot of detail with with our with our roster. We um, also uh, had a similar consultation with fans, opening up to anyone that's been to any previous shows if they had any concerns with any of those previous shows, and signposting um, various different kind of safeguarding measures and stuff and things like that. Um, if you we are we're about to launch a new website, which we're gonna is going to host a lot of this stuff, including our updated safeguarding policy. Uh, code of conduct, which um, applies to everyone, fans, staff, uh, wrestlers. Um, so certainly, I, like I, I think, like Claire said, there's the the shock and the kind of tragedy of, of the whole speaking out movement has led to this. Um, hopefully, this incredible process of change. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know, as long as this momentum continues and that um, these processes are you know debated and discussed in this way, like like on you know uh, platforms like this. British wrestling can come out not just with the measures that it needs, but actually kind of leading the way in many senses within mm. the arts, because this stuff, um, you t- like safeguarding policies and procedures, that's not stand not necessarily standard practice in theatre and performance art in, in events, music, like certainly like you know from from decade a decade working in in the arts, um, I've I've had safeguarding training as part of my role at Attenborough, um, but that was only because. Uh, Attenborough had some funding for a children in need project at the time so that became a, a kind of requirement of that project so like yeah it's it's, it's I, I think that not only can can it come out with the stuff that it needs to come out with but actually you know we can be sh- sh- leading the way really on the on the on these sort of issues mm. yeah I would I would agree with that I think um you know it, to capture this this horrible important and uh yeah it's kind of horrible but important moment um i i I think wrestling really can kind of kind of lead in terms of both both kind of arts and sport i mean one of the interesting things about wrestling is it kind of cuts across both really and in both of those contexts there have been kind of like like obvious safeguarding problems in the past i mean theater has been through its own speaking kind of speaking out movement or speaking out movement like um kind of relatively recently like you know the theater the theater has a history of this as well so this is not a moment where wrestling is you know has uniquely struggled with these things like i think wrestling has things that is unique to it but my hope is that wrestling because of the good people trying to do good things in that, that i see in in 
in this movement at the moment um, because of that it can kind of lead the way in terms of um, kind of performance and and uh, sport and things like this where where actually these conversations need to happen as well this is not just this is a conversation I guess for the world like you know these these sorts of things go on in workplaces so often and 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 are kind of brushed under the carpet i'm sure there are there are many women and and men as well who would say that they have suffered with things like this in their own workplaces so my hope is that because these wrestlers um who have who have spoken out have been so so brave to do so that actually that will that will open up conversations within other art forms within other mediums within other spaces that will mean that actually things can change in in a variety of different spaces and wrestling can lead the way um that that's my that's my hope anyway yeah i mean i think like there so these the sports side of things is is really interesting because obviously in in our process of developing um a robust safeguarding it has been sport that we've been looking to rather than the arts Mm -hmm. um so like the the ancraft um trust which is the kind of government um uh, I think it's like the government leaves for safeguarding sports activity. That's been the kind of uh, model that we've been using for, for our new processes and procedures. Um, and I think hopefully what what needs to happen is that, um, you know, and, and I think this will, this will come through things like the parliamentary um, group that's being set up, um, is that wrestling, wrestling needs to start kind of interfacing with these things that already exist. I don't think it's necessarily about there's been a lot of talk about sort of governing bodies and things like this, but actually, the, you know, there's some fantastic organisations um, out there and also local authorities and things like that that have all these provisions that really a, a good safeguarding policy or, or an approach to safeguarding needs to interconnect with all of these other um, different kind of things. Um, mm-hmm. I think hopefully this isn't a moment for wrestling to kind of turn in on itself. It needs to be um, looking outward and, and making those connections. And I think things like the parliamentary group and, and the people that are involved in um, at, the, at the core of the speaking art movement are doing a really great job of, of trying to do that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, you mentioned uh, local authorities there. It's sort of like professional sort of like help in, in before you start running another show, something you've sort of looked into. Do you think it'd be a nice mix between sort of like people in wrestling and uh, pro- professionals and government bodies? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it has to. If you, like a, any any safeguarding policy has to has to have a, at that point of contact with adult safeguarding services on a local authority level so there is this you know there's certain must-haves but there's also like a a much broader um question which i think the parliamentary side of things will, will be better at answering answering and addressing and also like tra- trans you know transparency is a big part of this and one of the reasons from from a res- specifically resurgence is that people can go on it and see who we are. I think this 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 is a, a, a real thing to come out of the speaking out movement. Is that there's a lot of a lot of fans. A lot, you know, they don't know who these people are. That you know, don't necessarily running wrestling companies. Um, so, like our website will have all of our will have us on there. Who we are, what our background is, what our um, you know professional experiences, and that sort of thing. Um, and I think that's that's definitely an important thing. And maybe it's I know Claire's already spoken about. Or alluded to these sort of unique things at wrestling that might make wrestling um, more susceptible to the type of like um, abhorrent sort of behaviours that have gone on, and maybe that that is you know the secrecy of wrestling that is, has this long history of being closed off and secretive and protecting the business, and that's the stuff that we really you know the cultural stuff 
because um, I think we can talk about you know safeguarding policies and and what have you and the role of promotions. But at the end of the day, the, the role of prom- the promotions in most cases have a um, a duty of care for six hours every couple of months when those wrestlers are, you know are, are with us and, and performing for us. But a lot of what's come out is, is, is a result of a culture um, mm. that maybe extends around training schools and things like that. Um, and that's a much harder, like it's a much more complicated um, thing to address. And, uh, you know, safeguarding policy doesn't, you know, isn't going to do that. Mm. Um, so I think we need, do need to be thinking about these things like these protecting the business and breaking down these different barriers and, and trying to attack those as well. I think transparency is really key because I think one of the reasons why, I mean, I can only speak for myself, one of the reasons I was so shocked uh, by the the things that came out, by the by the terrible stories that came out, was because I had slightly been lulled by this by this story that wrestling has told itself, or British independent wrestling has told itself over the past few years. And this this was the story of you know progressive politics and diversity and like come come one come all to a wrestling show you'll get a great welcome and and um and i i've been kind of um almost kind of um taken in by the magic do you know what i mean like um so so i i kind of imagined that that was how that was how it was behind the scenes that actually behind the scenes there was also this spirit of progressive politics and you know um, a welcoming spirit and no judgment and you know making sure that spaces felt um welcoming for fans and you know th- those sorts of things that have been so much at the forefront of the british independent wrestling movement um i i i had been sort of taken in by those almost like i'm taken in by by wrestling by by wrestling storylines and that's not to say that they weren't true or aren't true because clearly they are for so many people in so many ways but for me what that did was to um prevent me from really seeing or prevent any of us really from seeing behind that behind a facade that had been sort of laid out uh towards things that actually needed to be addressed and i think um as sam's saying like you know the, the importance of just being transparent about the business not hiding behind whatever the story might be, whether that's a whether that's a story of kind of being really progressive or whether that's that's a kind of more kayfabe kind of story storyline or whatever it is, actually just being really open about this, you know, you have to be open about your business. You have to be open about, you know, if you're saying you're welcoming people, that's great. But if you're doing that, what kind of measures are you putting in place in order to make that happen well? Or, you know, what, what who are you working with in order to mm. show that, that that's that that's kind of your, one of your key values? So I think for me, that sense of transparency is really vital and hopefully mm. something that will come out of this period. Yeah, I think as well, this the, I've been thinking about a lot is um, setting, you know, is, is, is this a notion of best practice, which... Um, and setting standards and I think what um, companies that because you know I, I have a lot of confidence in in the resurgence team to deliver on on lots of different levels when it comes to this sort of thing um, and I think you know there's great companies out there that rip like Riptide um, who have you know set the bar so high in terms of like well-being for, for performers and looking after performers and treating them well and that needs to, you know, there's there's another role there, which is to to make sure that performers that we work with feel empowered to demand that of other places that they work. You know, mm-hmm. that 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 we don't just accept um, as, as a wrestling community um, not having a medic at a show 
or you know we don't accept um, late late payments for bookings or getting getting paid after a show rather than in advance or expenses not being paid. Um, we, you know we don't accept we, you know we, we say as a, as a community that we don't accept not having um, separate gender changing rooms and things like that. Um, and again, yeah, setting setting standards and, and and everyone you know collectively expecting better of um, of wrestling. I think that would go a long way in terms of sh- that culture shift. That, that is so so vital. Um, yeah. No, I agree, and especially with what Claire was saying, that you know we were all lulled into a false sense of security. I mean, you know, on this show we had David Starr on, you know, praised him on virtually every show, and um, mm. and a variety of other people. And so I think, especially fans, and certainly some promoters were, you know, were lulled into this. But. Um, as well as that, obviously emotions are running really high, and I, I, some fans might listen to this show and they might say, "Well, you know, you you were running wrestling shows, Sam. You know, didn't you know Jimmy ever had a rep for being a bully, just for an example, or or things like that? Do, do you know what I mean? Because emotions are are running so high with with this issue. Mm. Yeah, and there's not um, there's not an easy answer to that. You know, this is the the, the, you know the, the real pos- you know another positive that has come out of this is that we're you know we're all asking tough questions of ourselves and there aren't easy answers to this and you know um, yeah we do have to be more vigilant more wary I think is you know is something um, and like yeah like Claire says um, not you know learn to I think as wrestling fans it, it you know it should it should be an, e- an easy concept to grasp because actually we're quite look we're quite good at looking through the facade but maybe you know we need to think think about that in, in other ways um and it does like you know i think it is this kind of culture thing because when uh, you know at, at a show everyone's on their best behavior and um um certainly we would never you know tolerate instances of bullying at resurgence but um it's not necessarily at the shows where these things take place um and i think particularly like a lot of a lot of Come, come, come to the fore about um, digital. You know the use of social media. A lot of this is, you know, taking place on Twitter itself. Like, um, and how we navigate our digital lives as, as and, and particularly, you know, these these are young, uh, vulnerable young men and women that are making their way in this in this industry that is littered and fraught with kind of um, dangers and obstacles. And how do we make not just shows, but how do we make um, you know the digital spaces, safe spaces as well, and mm. yeah, there's a lot, a lot of really tough questions. Um, and mm. you know, the, one of the upsides of COVID is that you know, hopefully, people have got the time and the and the energy now to to really concentrate on making sure these these things get better before shows come back. We have a, a unique opportunity in that sense to to try and tackle some of this stuff before. Mm. Yeah, I think they have to really, don't they? Um... Well, I suppose, um, sort of like last couple of questions, um, do, do you feel British, you've, we've talked a lot about the culture and sort of like um, it seems to be very systemic, do you feel, Claire, that British wrestling should come back? Had you huh, had you asked me this question, Martin, a few weeks ago, mm. I think I probably would have said no. Um, I think I just sort of had my, had my yeah, had, had my fill of it. Um I I have changed my mind about that. And I think partly I've changed my mind about it because I've rewatched some British wrestling shows, including the Iron Woman match that, that I, that I talked about earlier on. And, um, and, and kind of remembered 
remembered the great things about wrestling. So when when this a similar though not the same but when a similar kind of um event happened a kind of a, a moment a reckoning moment happened in the theater a few years ago i didn't hear anyone say oh well that's it i'm never going to go to the theater ever again because uh it's tarnished for me i'm sure maybe there were people felt mm. that but but no one said that um instead they said right okay well how can we make this better collectively? Like, where are the good people who want to do something new? Um, and I've kind of rested on that quite a lot over the past few weeks as I've thought about, like, you know, do I even want this thing called British wrestling to come back? Like, what you know, what is it, what is there to rebuild? Um, and and as I've been thinking about that, I've thought back to the kind of the, the wonderful moments that we've had at Resurgence, um, just you know kind of a, a coming together of 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 um some kind of wonderful fans some great wrestlers doing amazing things sharing their art with us like there have been some really beautiful moments i don't say that word lightly i actually genuinely mean it like really beautiful moments to be part of and so i've come back to that when i've thought over this question and actually yes i do think that 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 british wrestling should and can come back but as we've kind of intimated throughout our conversation it it should it should come back different (laughs) it should be entirely different um in terms of its transparency in terms of the way things the way that culture functions like you know i want i I want a wrestling if this if this thing called british wrestling does come back i want there to be a different culture um that where where people feel safe and until people do feel safe i don't think it should come back if you know what i mean but when people do and when you know these things are put in place and um and and safeguarding is is uh it becomes to the forefront of our conversations and and people in training schools are feel able to share their concerns about things and people at shows feel that they can come and share and fans can share and when that when that culture shifts as my sincere hope is that it is that it will because of all these um because of all these these stories coming out that actually that there there is a there is a shift here my hope is that as we go through this shift that actually a new thing called british independent wrestling will arise that will be um will be will be beautiful in the same way as it was before and yet also transparent also safe for people to be part of I mean, um, let's sort of, um, I mean, you've talked about sort of like some use um, these shows, you know, they go on ticket sales and that. Do you think sort of like the structure of independent wrestling and maybe having some kind of third party oversight, do you think um, this is going to be too expensive for promotions to make all the changes that, that's required for this? Um, I don't, yeah, I, I don't think, um, no, no, I, I don't think it will. It just takes um, a little bit of, um, a little bit of t- a little bit of being you know intelligent and sensible and you know if you can't if you can't make this stuff work then yeah you should definitely shouldn't be running uh, you know wrestling companies and things like that and like i say there's you know the uh, i alluded to the i mentioned the Ancraft trust there's there's so much um, great useful information out there and you know these processes aren't it's not, it's not rocket science you know, safe. You know, safeguarding training is is readily available at you know affordable prices. Uh, DBS checks, enhanced DBS checks, are not you know astronomically expensive for for performers and professionals to get. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you can, it, it, yeah, there's no reason why why these things can't can't happen. Um, government the, having this, this idea of like an independent um, 
body that, that, to give oversight that that is a little bit more complicated because obviously wrestling there isn't a, a huge amount of money in wrestling like collectively it's not financially like it's not the premier you know it's not football um but i'm not sure that you know like i, I think i mentioned earlier that you know there are bodies and things that we can connect with that that maybe will provide that um yeah like there's, there's no reason why why the the structural stuff that will underpin the, the cultural change that needs to happen on the, in the long term can't happen immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm not just saying, you know, obviously, that you know, we've been doing this at Resurgence, but there's been a lot of good stuff coming out. And you've seen a lot of promotions appointing um, designated welfare officers and putting, you know, publishing their um, safeguarding procedures already. And, you know, that stuff just needs to be, you know, it needs to be made public. We've already, you know, talked about transparency. Um, it needs to be out there and at the forefront and, and also, um, it needs to be, you know, updated, and people need to, you know, keep keep on it. Really, like um, these aren't things that you just do and then you put to one side. They are ongoing processes um, that need, yeah, that. Need, um, yeah. So yeah, I don't see this. I don't see any financial um, uh, roadblock to the, to this sort of thing happening. No. Yeah. Um... It has been really interesting hearing your guys' sort of takes on it, and obviously we appreciate you coming on, taking the time out to speak to us. Um, I just wanted to end on a different note, though. Obviously, you guys have used Gabriel Kidd a, a number of times on your shows, and um, I mean, it must be really good to see um, sort of how far he's going and in his position in New Japan currently. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, great. Uh, Gabe has always been a, an absolute pleasure to work with. Um, he's a Nottingham. Uh, so I'm, I'm from Nottingham, I live in Nottingham, so that, I'm proud of that on many levels. I remember watching Gabe uh, for House of Pain, God, in like 2012, when he must have been about 17, maybe even younger, maybe 16. And, and yeah, and even back then, I think he had it. He had some of the makings of a great wrestler. Um, so, yeah, it's always it's always uh, exciting to see that, um, especially from a local. Um, yeah, and, it, and it's cool. It is really cool when... Um, when people that have been on resurgent shows go and do these great things, um, it's, it's quite uh, staggering, really, to see someone like Gabriel Kidd in a in New Japan show when you know he was on our first show, not in contemporary, yeah, um, things like that. And like Claire said, there's so many positives, and this is the reason why, like personally, I, you know, I, I had those same those those same doubts about um, wrestling coming back, you know, in the wake of all of this, and you know, should we should we be doing this? Um, and I just look at yeah, great people like like those you know Kanji and Evans, and just thinking that you know what would happen if this platform didn't exist for them to go and do these type of things, and that would be the real I think that would be a, a real tragedy to come out of this would be that if if these people that the one the very people speaking out and that are driving this change don't have a platform to come back to, mm. and that, you know that would be really tragic. Um, so I suppose before we um, wrap up, um, so any more info on uh, Wrestling Resurgence and uh, where can people uh, check out this uh, Kanji v. Charlie Evans Iron Woman match? Uh, yeah, so it, that match, the whole series actually, it's, a, it's a, a series of three matches and it's all on YouTube. Um, so if you search Wrestling Resurgence on YouTube, you will find loads of free matches um, and full shows. Uh, our Mine and Claire's podcast, The Grappling Arts, is on there. So if you want, that's a, a great kind of companion piece of material to listen to in conjunction with that Iron Woman match because uh, the four of us really 
picked down into wrestling practice and you know the, the, all the the technique and skill and imagination that goes into making those type of matches um and then yeah we like i said our new website is is going to launch really soon um we've got we're on twitter w underscore resurgence um instagram all of those different various places um yeah and hopefully like um i know i don't think shows will be coming back anytime soon but we've got a few exciting little projects on on the the go so um, we're hoping to be bringing some interesting and exciting stuff coming you know fairly soon excellent stuff Uh, any final thoughts from you claire before we head out no, that sounds great. Yeah, check. I mean, definitely check out that that Iron Woman match. It was awesome, and that, the Grappling Arts podcast that we did. Like, it was it was such a privilege to sit down with Kanji and Charlie and just break those matches down. So, if anyone listening is a fan of like that sort of um, granular breaking down of wrestling matches, that's the kind of stuff I absolutely love. I can listen to that all day. Uh, then, um, then definitely check that out because it was really it was really great. Charlie has this amazing moment where she's like, "Yeah, I feel like this is my body of work." And it makes it makes Sam and I go, oh wow, that's so cool. So, uh, so if you wanted to hear Sam and I going, oh, that's just amazing. We're so glad that, and kind of just yeah, just just telling each other we were amazing. That was uh, it was it was really it was really beautiful. So I definitely I definitely recommend that. And and yeah, anybody listening, getting along to a show when shows start back up, it'd be great to see you there. Right, and um, of course, all roads lead to postwrestling.com. And uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks again to uh, Claire and Sam for joining us on the show. And we'll be back in a fortnight.